and Medusa. Percy, don't. She's a monster. We all choose who we make our monsters, but right now, that one wants to tear you limb from limb. And I'm offering you lunch. The choice is yours. Away from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to the Percy Jackson Prophecy. It's a podcast dedicated to the Percy Jackson book series and show on Disney Plus. So let's hold fast and brave the storm. everyone and welcome back. I'm your host Mary Larson. And my name is Reese. And we are so excited to be here in the third episode of the Percy Jackson Prophecy. This of course is the last episode that we had the privilege of watching during our school break. We live in Rhode Island. It is the smallest state in the United States and by the time the fourth episode hits our our, uh, Disney Plus televisions, Reese you're going to be back in school. No! But you know what I think this means? I think you're going to be able to watch it twice because you and your fellow fifth grade classmates are actually reading and watching the Percy Jackson series in class. So you're going to have extra time to prepare for the podcast, which isn't too shabby. It's pretty exciting, of course. So uh, we want to thank our friends. We've actually been able to hit what? Uh, how many downloads, Blake? Uh, just about 150 so far. 150 of you around the world have been tuning in to the Percy Jackson Prophecy. And one of the biggest things that we can suggest for you is that if you're enjoying it, to share this with a friend. A lot of people still don't know about podcasts or how to listen to podcasts. So if you enjoy the series and you know anyone else who would enjoy it as well, please let them know where they can find us. All right. On that note, let's get into the show. So we're here, episode three of the Percy Jackson series on Disney+. Plus. What is the title, Reese? We visit the Garden Gnome Emporium. We visit the Garden Gnome Emporium. Of course, it's not a Garden Gnome Emporium. It is the home of the one and only Medusa. (laughs) So this, of course, happens because Percy starts the episode receiving a prophecy from a really creepy oracle. Uh, He decides to go out with as a trio with himself, Grover and Annabeth, to the underworld, otherwise known as Los Angeles. And uh, he gets a pair of cool, really cool shoes from Luke. They head on over to what they hope to be (laughs) is on their way to Los Angeles, but they get off the bus in New Jersey, meet up with Medusa, deal with Medusa's head, and Percy, Grover, and Annabeth continue on their way after they send Medusa's head to Olympus. So that is just a quick little recap of what happened in this episode. And before we delve into our thoughts, Reese, now is the time for... Dad's details. That's right. Dad is is Blake, my amazing husband and the co-owner of Mary and Blake Media. We have a slew of other podcasts, including one about Harry Potter. So if you are a Harry Potter fan, you can search for the Potterverse. You can find all of our podcasts at maryandblake.com. 
And Blake loves to delve into details about episodes, kind of the behind the scenes stuff that many of us may not notice. So Blake, what do you have for us here in episode three? Well, Mary, I do want to mention one thing, and that is you had said that the underworld was Los Angeles. I want to make one clarification. The underworld is not Los Angeles. The doorway or oh. the entrance to the underworld okay. is under Los Angeles. All right. I mean, Good some, to know. I mean, listen, I'm from Boston, so I might consider uh, consider uh, Los Angeles the underworld. But, uh, you know, it, that is only the doorway. Okay. okay. Just like how we see at the end of this episode that the entrance to Mount Olympus is through the Empire State Building Correct. in New York. It doesn't mean that New York is Mount Olympus. All right, right. Blake. Right. I understand. All right, Thank there you. There we go. All right. So this episode was written once again by the creator and the showrunner of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, and that is Jonathan E. Steinberg. But there was also another writer, someone who helped write it for television, and her name is Monica Wusu Breen. Now, that name is a kind of a familiar name, uh, especially for some uh, listeners here, some of the older listeners. She has written for all of other television series, uh, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Revolution, Fringe, and Mary, she's also written an episode of Lost. Oh, nice. One oh, of our favorite yes. shows. Yes. She also wrote an episode of Brothers and Sisters as well. And she has written an episode of Alias starring Jennifer Garner. So she kind of comes from that bad robot, J.J. Abrams, Damon Lindelof kind of tree of writers. And that's really cool because uh, the, the, that tree of creativity really stands uh, tall among other creatives and it means quite a deal to us here at Mary and Blake Media for reasons that are just very personal. The uh, episode was directed by Anders Engstrom. Now Anders Engstrom is um, an interesting director. His episodes have included a TV series like uh, the, the show Hannah and also Hellstrom, but he was the main director. He directed 17 episodes of the television show C, which is actually on Apple, uh, Apple, Pl um, Apple, uh, Apple TV Plus, and it was uh, really well regarded, and it stars Jason Momoa, so who 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 serves as Aquaman in the DC films or um, as Khal Drogo in Game of Thrones. So that's really interesting, and some of the details that I wanted to point out as well in this episode, Mary and Reese, is that. The show continues to do a great job of telling the story without saying the story. Give us an example. And there is one particular scene that I really loved. And that was when they were talking about how as they were t going to Mount Olympus and they were in New York on the way to the bus. They're like, oh, this this whole trip can shift the balance of power at Mount Olympus. And as they were in the cab on the way to the bus the reflection in the window as they are saying Mount Olympus is none other than the Empire State Building. So they are right in front telling you Mount Olympus is the Empire State Building without even having to say it. And then they do it uh, again, of course, at the end of the episode and we see Hermes delivering and he's literally walking into the Empire State right, Building. Right. But you're saying we get this extra little 
yeah. hint in the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Again, these are really important things that when you're watching a television show, you have to pay attention to and engage with because the showrunners are telling you straight up what it is. Another thing that I really wanted to call out too is the scene with Medusa. This is the scene that for me took this show and made it more than just wee lightning bolts and wee kids and camp half-blood, but it actually provided some real pathos and some real characterization for our characters, whether it is Medusa or it is Percy or uh, even Annabeth. There are, real con- there are real conflicts here and there are real choices that have to be made. And Medusa goes from saying, I feel really protective of you to Percy, to then saying, you know what? If you're not going to understand and you're not going to um, work with me in terms of how bad your father is, maybe I'm just going to make an example of you mm-hmm. just to complete the circle. And I love, 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 love that she's more than just a monster. She's not. And it really plays well into what Percy's mother said earlier in the series. Not every monster looks like a monster and not every hero looks like a hero. And that, to me, says a couple of things. One, we're going to run into people that aren't really monsters that are, and there are monster, there are heroes that look like them, but they're not. And so it really feels like one of these people that Percy knows is really not a good guy or a good girl. At so I, least one, Yeah, right? so I, I'm excited by that. The, the writing in this episode was tremendous and the the direction the the direction in this episode was also tremendous so loved it this is the this is the one that gets me interested in this series this has been your favorite so far absolutely not even not even close i love it well i gotta echo what you said because this episode has also been my favorite of the three so thank you so much here let's say thank you thanks dad you're welcome for the dad's details and we'll have you back of course for episode four all right let's do it time for our trident rating so of course every single episode we rate on a scale of one to five, one being the absolute worst. We're talking the back of a bus, stinky smell. <laughs> and then and the best here. being that spread of delicious desserts and treats that Medusa had on the table. My Trident rating for episode three is a whopping 4.9, near perfection. As I said just a moment ago, my favorite of the three episodes. I am digging it. Reese, on a scale of one to five, what do you give this one? Still a five. Still a five. That means it has been extraordinary for you as well and now a time for our gbgs this is our goods our bads and our greats for the episodes my good lin-manuel miranda oh my goodness gracious I did not know that uh, he was going to be in this episode. So for those of you who don't know, he's Hermes at the end. He is the mail delivery person. He's holding the package and singing New York City. In the very end, he is amazing. He has written so many of the lyrics to the most recent uh, Disney and Pixar movies that that we love. He also, of course, did Hamilton, which so which our family we love we love Hamilton. Um, he was Hamilton in the play. So if you're a Hamilton fan or if you've enjoyed any of the music, say Moana or Encanto. And so many more. You have Lin-Manuel Miranda to thank. And the reason that this is my good is not just because I'm excited to see him, but this makes me think, Reese, that there's going to be music in future episodes. 
this guy loves music. You hire this guy for music. He was in also like the recent version of Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins Returns. That was the guy. So I'm telling you, there's going to be some singing, possibly even dancing in the Percy Jackson series. So I'm here for that. My bad, Annabeth. I know. I feel really bad. But I just, I'm not digging her right now. You know, if I had to choose who I was going to pick on my quest, I don't think I would have picked the girl that just pushed me into a thing of water. She's not very warm and loving. We're getting to know a little bit more about her as she talks about the importance of the hat with her mother. But I'm just, I, I don't like how pushy she is either physically or how pushy she is that she needs to be the one in charge. So my bad is I would not, I'm not an Annabeth fan right now. Am I great? is the depiction of Medusa. Like like Blake, like Reese's dad just said a moment ago, she could have easily come out looking like a monster, having monster music, just being bad right away and a, and a very one-dimensional character. And instead, she came off charming. She was trying to help the, the youngsters. She was very honest with Percy that, hey, I've been wronged before, and if you want, I can help you out. Uh, she explains that she's a survivor and that she's the way that she is because she was you know, hurt by the gods and she put all this faith in them and they did her wrong. So it's really helping us kind of look that just because these characters are gods doesn't mean we should trust them, doesn't mean that they're always good and they're looking out for people. So I thought it was a really interesting way that they dealt with Medusa. Reese, tell us your GBG. You're good, you're bad, you're great. Uh, my good is when Grover sings his consensus song. It is just it's such a cute thing. And just at the moment, he says, and just keeps doing it. And I'm like, what the heck are you doing, Grover? And then he says, I don't really want to be a tiebreaker. And then he does it. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, everyone's getting bumpy. I've got two friends that can't get along. Yeah. Now, you read the, the story. Is Does Grover have a consensus song in the story? Heck no. Oh, okay. So this was like just a TV thing. I like that. All right. What was your bad? Meeting Mrs. Dodds and another fury. I thought Mrs. Dodds was dead. I saw her episode one sliced with the sword, but she's back? With How another. With, with her sister. Oh, my gosh. How many furies are there in total? Three. Three. So we have to keep our eyes peeled and somehow they can come back to life. This is not okay with me. Um. Now, so we, so we saw her sister who got hit with a dagger or something on the bus. And then Mrs. Dodds, of course, has the turn to stone moment. E- e- and she landed in a smelly toilet. And her sister landed in a smelly toilet that a fat guy just pooped on. That is true. The potty humor continues. And what was your great? And my great is that Percy used his... Percy uses his sword to slice um, Medusa's head off. And that also ties with another myth of Perseus and his venture. We're just going to skip that through. Perseus slices but off Medusa's head with the sword. and That blah, blah, is blah. what we saw in the first episode when we saw the flashback of Percy, young Percy with his mom, right? Holding we Medusa's saw a head. statue of Perseus, the, the Greek myth, holding Medusa's head. So you're saying that you really love not only that he defeated Medusa, but that he did it in a similar fashion with the Greek myth that he used to go and look at with his mom. And he did it in the same position when he defeated Electo, like holding it up in front of Electo, and she just said, crack, crack, right in midair, right midair. Electo just turns to stone. I love that animation. Just falls down, the body cracks, all that stuff, the hand, 
Electo's face petrified, screaming form. I didn't even think that. That what we saw, that Annabeth saw, you know how Annabeth was looking from behind at Percy? Mm-hmm. Um, that the way Percy was standing and holding their head, you're right, it mirrors, it completely mimics the statue that we saw in episode one. And I like the animation how Electo was turned to stone mid-air, scream on the ground, Knowing she's defeated Epic in her scene. face. That's right. So let's talk about this episode. It starts things off, of course, with this super creepy oracle. This like old, almost dead looking woman. With a, like a Hulu dress. And then she she opens her mouth. Green smoke comes out. With Gabe. And Gabe. Gabe's the voice. Why? Why is Smelly Gabe the person that we have to hear the prophecy from? Um, Actually, the Oracle Delphi shows the prophecies in the person you most hate so far. Really? So, can I give the quote? Sure. You will go west and face the God who has turned. You will find what was stolen and see it safely returned. And you you will be betrayed by one who calls you friend and fail to save what matters most in the end. I like that you included a New York accent as you as you re, uh, redo Gabe's line. That's awesome. So, of course, they have to go west. They head, have to head on over to Los Angeles. And Percy chooses his two people to be with him on his quest. Why does he choose Annabeth? He didn't... She, he thought that since that oracle said you'd be betrayed by one who calls you friend, um, she, he thought she would, they would never be friends, and he picked a Grover because he, he knew if there was one person he had to trust, it would be him. I love that, and uh, you know, Grover's really showing that he can be trusted, especially with what he did in the last episode, telling Percy that his mom was alive and kind of going against the leadership of Chiron and Mister D. Poor Grover. Got punished by for doing that, and and in the form of punishment, the potty humor continues and shoveling Pegasus poop, shoveling Pegasus poop, which I thought was really interesting because Grover asked uh, the horse. And 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 can I say it? Yeah, dude, what have you been eating? Yes. What have you been eating? Which reminds me of when the super was speaking to Gabe, saying you should eat more fruit. Oh, but this shows me that Grover can speak to the Pegasus. He can speak to the horses. So as we go on in the series, without spoiling anything, buddy, because I know that you know things I about know, Grover, it's just... but it'll be interesting for us who don't know to see what other potential animals he can speak to. It's yeah. also, uh, this might sound weird, but this relates with a horse that, with a horse that one ate my hair. That once ate my hair. Oh, you did have a horse once ate I hair. got a smelly drool haircut from a horse. You thought the hair was grass. Yes. Oh it my was gosh. gross feeling. I'm like, Ugh, we don't uh. recommend we don't recommend kneeling near horses as they may think your cowlick hair is actually grass. But the cool <laughs> yeah. thing is, is that Grover's gonna stop doing all the shoveling and instead he's gonna rush on over and pack the best snacks. I'm gonna pack the best Buddy, snacks. If you had to pack three snacks for a road trip across the country. What would you include? Um, two bo- um, two full boxes of king size Reese's Pieces. Awesome. A a bag of fruit. Okay. And three peanut butter sh- jelly sandwiches. I like that. That's that's really decent. I like that a lot. Oh, uh, and oh, an and water. <laughs> Very important that we have water. In addition to the snacks, Percy gets two hundred dollars uh, in. Uh, Dracas? Um, Golden Dracmas for Mythic World. Okay, so, and I love that. And then he says, I think they're comedian, maybe. 
Or just from Chuck E. Cheese, I don't know. He has no idea. He's never seen this before. Luke comes in and gives him these red Converse sneakers, which, which look so cool, makes me want to go get some red Converse sneakers. Do you want to? Because you have black shoes like this. But then, and if you say the word my, Maya, they just grow. They just grow wings, dove wings, but not from each shoe has two wings. One has one, the other has one. And, and the very interesting thing is, these are from Hermes, and Hermes's mother's name. Oh, we're not. Oh, Hermes' mother's name is Maya. Wow! So that's the secret word. With the word. same spelling. I love that. So this is a gift from Hermes. We actually we see Hermes at the end of the episode, and these were shoes for Luke given to him from his dad. And, and he's actually wearing what the same I love shoes. is that. Oh yeah. Oh uh, no, he was they were red ones. No, he was, was wearing like a high top. But yeah, I but those. No matter what, this, no matter. No matter what the shoes, all sh- the shoes Hermes wear can sprout wings. That's really cool. And of course, Grover gets to wear them later on in the episode. Doesn't necessarily go as planned, but I'm excited. I hope that Grover gets to keep wearing these kicks. They're they're pretty cool. Um, the, we learn the story about Thalia a little bit more and about how Zeus turned her into a tree. Oh, can and I say she it? she even gets a little picked on by Mrs. Dodds when she's on the bus. Oh, no. Uh, was she outside? Whatever she was doing, she was picking on Thalia, like saying, "Like, oh, she's having pine cones and squirrels inside of her." Oh, now. speaking of that, can I tell a story of how Thalia came to be this way? Yeah. So, so after um, Luke and Thalia um, kind of adopted Annabeth, they were on this quest, still finding um, like refuge, and Grover finds them, and they have to get to this camp, Half Blood, and then. They get picked on by three of Hades' top lieutenants. The Furies, the people that we're seeing with the wings and everything. Yeah, and Thalia um, turns back just to save her friends at the right moment, and she met a hero's fate. But as Percy says, she met a pinecone's fate. Yeah. <laughs> I, You know, I gotta be honest with you. This episode has made me look at the Greek gods in a different way. Because I agree with Percy. Zeus, the most powerful being in the universe, could have probably saved his daughter and made her still be human. And instead he turned her into a tree. And Percy does not think that's okay. Zeus isn't so for so, instance- and then And then also we hear about from Medusa that she was wicked nice to Athena the entire time, praying to her, making her offerings, doing reason. all she could. And then she gets cursed by Athena with this terrible stone blindness thing. And Poseidon doesn't even stand up for her. Poseidon doesn't save her. So right now, I don't know many gods that I'm a fan of. But also Medusa says... It's the gift the gods g- gave me said it can't be bullied anymore. But that also means I can't be approached by anyone who loves me anymore. I know. Isn't that so sad? Um, it's a, there's one good point and a bad thing and a bad point for something that you thought was a curse and you think is a gift. I mean, it's also, I guess, you know, oh. Medusa's showing us how we can have a different perspective on things. And here's a saying. There's never always a free lunch. Mm. Um... It doesn't come without a price. Oh, and that's what you think they were about to have a free lunch with all those beautiful snacks on that table. With all, with the not being, with not, with not being bullied, but then um, there's a bad point that well, there has to be like, stone. hey, give me the money. Yeah, and no one can approach you who loves you. Do you know what a satyr path is? Because as yes. they, so they got off the bus, they were, you know, of course having the Furies, and we got to learn a little bit more. Grover, after his uh, song, tells us a bit more about how Furies can sense you and can smell you, but also kind of know what is most important to you. So they really taunt these demigods, these half-bloods, um, and we see that. 
But then after they get off the bus, they go on a Seder path. Could you tell me a little bit more about what a Seder path is? <clears throat> a Seder path is a path which Seder explorers normally take on their adventures. An adventure for the great god Pan. Pan disappeared about 2,000 years ago, and each a Seder of about the right age goes on a quest to, re- to find and wake him from their sleep. Humans thought Pan was di- had died and were pillaging his um, kingdom ever since, but the Seders did not believe that. They So Seder Pass, humans don't go on it. This isn't like a trail in a, in a woods that we would go on. Only if a Seder shows them. Oh, that's really cool. And that's, of course, how Grover knows that it's someone of this mythical world if that's making hamburgers because he's like, there's no way humans would just come along the Seder path. They, um, during this conversation, Annabeth is fighting with Percy and Grover's in the middle and Percy says, leave him alone. He's my protector. And Annabeth says he was my protector first. Well, technically she, he was Thalia's protector since. Oh my gosh. He's he's been everybody's. He's like, oh God, please, God, stop, stop, stop. stop <laughs> it's stop, really, stop. really confusing. Of course, they get to Auntie M's, Auntie, who is actually Medusa, and Electo shows up and is afraid of Medusa. Um, who wouldn't be? <laughs> Would you be? No. Medusa says we all choose who we make our monsters, and I loved that quote. I loved it so very much because it's true. We choose who we fear. We choose who we kind of push away from us. And so Medusa was there saying, you can choose to have Electo be your monster. You can choose to have me be your monster. You could even choose for each other to be your monsters. It is up to you. And then she also said, we are not our parents. We are separate than our parents. We are not them. So you don't have to go on these quests because they want you to. You can be your own personal self. And who do you think liked when she said that? We are not our parents. Uh... Uh, Percy? I would think so too. Is Percy really happy about his dad right now? No. And then she gave them this offer. Um, you want to be with me? Who can turn you to stone? I know I'm offering you lunch. Oh, do you want to be with the monster that can? who wants to rip you limb from limb? Mm-hmm. That is a really hard choice. I'd rather go with being petrified so I wouldn't have to be ripped from limb and suffer the pain, but also eat lunch before I get turned to stone. <laughs> have a full stomach, right? That's probably why Ferdinand was so happy downstairs. He was like, I may be petrified, but I ate some really good hamburgers. And while, cupcakes. While Percy was with Medusa and she's talking about how the gods want us to blame ourselves for our shortcomings annabeth once again six steps ahead turns to percy and says we need to run we need to get out no, of she here turns to grover oh sorry yes yeah, she chose to grover and says that and once again medusa now says to, to per- percy she is going to betray you so we had the oracle in the beginning of the episode saying someone's going to betray you percy brings this up and lets everybody know oh yeah this is what the oracle said it's on my mind and now medusa is reminding him someone is going to betray you um and i just says grover prepare to run yeah what did you think of how medusa was shown on screen her costume her hair all of that kind of stuff what did you think i liked how they just like 
put on this white simple dress and I didn't and I liked how they didn't show the hair exactly, but I, I liked how they did. When you look at it closely and she's not moving much, you could see the snakes, all black and red diamond-backed, mm-hmm. and s- slithering slowly. And then I like how they covered the white veil so it doesn't see her eyes or the rest of her hair. It allowed and you to focus. What did you look at? What did you find that they I wanted you made, to pay attention to on her face? Um, The writhing parts on the, like in Ooh, the bun. Yeah. I paid attention to her lips. Her lips were that bright uh, like that bold red lip like color blood? like blood but also to me very powerful and meaning rather than being distracted by the snakes listen to what medusa is saying you know really pay attention to what she's saying don't be distracted by the fact that she's a monster listen to what this person is saying because a lot of what she says might actually be true you know just because she's part monster kind of doesn't mean that she doesn't have some right things to say they go to the basement and her basement is ginormous it's right? like a church but with full of boxes and like i say statues of her victims and the victims were of course super scared she has these flames go down it kind of reminded me of uh some scenes of lord of the rings or harry potter when they have that uh, that what's that flame spell when they're in the incendio um the one that the one that causes all the chaos inside the room of requirement. Um, Fiendfire? Yes, it kind of reminded me a bit of Fiendfire. Um, and together, their teamwork is what helps them defeat Medusa. And yeah. I like that Can they... Can I do the teamwork part? So sure. Grover distracts Medusa by flying it and smashing into this um, box, which is not certainly full of stone statues and full of small animals. And Annabeth rushes forward when Medusa's head is turned away puts on her invisible cap on Medusa's head and then she's now to Percy and Percy slices off Medusa's head without with opening his eyes and cutting it off. The three of them were incredibly brave. If I had just sliced off a monster's head, I'm pretty sure I would have been trembling. I would have been vomiting? grossed out. Maybe vomiting. I mean, but let's what if you couldn't real. see the monster's head? If you couldn't see the monster, that definitely helps. That definitely helps. And he's able to then pick it up, gets rid of Electo like you talked about, and then they decided to put her head in the box and ship it off to Olympus. And, and Annabeth they said, and Grover say, this is not a good idea. Yeah, Grover's like, they won't like it. They're going to think you're impertinent. And Percy says, I am impertinent. I love that. This kid, he doesn't care. He is bold. He is ready to take this quest by by the horns. He's ready to go save his mom. And he's going to show the gods that he's doing things his way. We cut to the scene with Lin-Manuel Miranda as Hermes, carrying the box, he pushes the button, gets up to the 600th floor of the Empire State Building, and he says, you are not going to believe this. He's excited. He's kind of almost like a humorous smile on him. And that, of course, is how we end the episode um, for, for episode three. It was pretty awesome. It is now time for our listener feedback. Kicking things off in studio, we have none other than Felicity. Felicity, what was your GBG? So my good is that Percy got magical sneakers from Luke because I would have been pretty happy if I got one of those. They were really cool. What was your bad? My bad is that Medusa tries to kill Percy and his friends because I would rather eat lunch 
then be petrified. Yeah. Couldn't she just give them lunch and have them merrily go on their way? Why did she have to threaten them with death? Well, and you're they great. Weren't even, they weren't even trying to hurt her. They were just like, oh, hello. We didn't know you were here. We well, were just trying Annabeth to. Annabeth was not being nice to her. What? Yeah. She was offending her. So I kind yeah. of get it. <laughs> and Percy, uh, sorry, what's your great, Felicity? My great is that Percy uses Medusa's head to turn Electo into a stone statue because I wouldn't be happy if I would were ripped from limb to limb. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. And that was a pretty cool use of, of something to do with the head. It was like an extra weapon that they didn't even know they had. Well, thank you so very much, Felicity, for your listener feedback. And now we're going to listen to our callers. My name is Nathaniel from Mississippi and my GBD for episode three of Percy Jackson. My good is how Percy and Annabeth met up at the end of the episode. My bad is how Percy and Annabeth fight all the time. And my great is when Grover sings the consensus song. Uh, he's going to do it. Oh, golly. The road's getting bumpy. I've got some friends who just can't get along. Oh, dear. When the, when the teens get grumpy, all the way to get through it is singing this song. Nathaniel, thank oh, you so oh, thank much. Thank you so much, man. Look at him bringing out the consensus song, saying, of course, that is good as when Percy and Annabeth make it, but the very end. And how they argue all the time. And his arg- and their arguing was his bad. I love it, Nathaniel. Thanks so much for calling in. And here is our next listener. Hi, it's Fiona here from Sunderland. Uh, me and my 11-year-old son, Sam, have loved Percy Jackson for years. and We were really excited about the Disney Plus show starting. We love listening to the podcast. And here is our Trident rating. Sam? I think it's like a 3.5 because of like, I just think it's a good episode, but like it's not one of the best ones because like I like the bit with Medusa, but like I think there's better bits in different episodes. So I've went with a 3.5. Yeah, we're looking forward to the story picking up the pace a little bit, but we're really enjoying the show, and thank you for doing it. Bye! And Fiona had a second call, so I'm going to pull that right up before we talk about it. Hi, it's Fiona here from Sunderland again. I'm here now with Joey, who is six, and he also has been listening to the podcast and loving the show. Joey, what is your Trident rating? My my Trident rating is four out of five, but I loved about... Why the editors made Medusa in the sneaker. Yeah, we really loved it. Thank you. Yay, Fiona oh. and Sam and Joey Reese. What do you want to say to our listeners? Oh, my God. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really hope you enjoy the rest of the episodes as we continue on Percy, Annabeth, and Grover's epic adventure to find the Master's Bolt. That's right. And we, of course, love that we're getting listeners worldwide from different countries. This is what's so cool when we're talking about a book series or a movie or a TV series just like this. Percy Jackson is that people all over the world can enjoy it. And thanks to people calling in, uh, we get to talk about it together. Don't forget, friends, you too can be featured as a listener feedback just by going to Mary and Blake. Dot com, clicking the upper right-hand corner where it says contact us and leaving your voicemail right there. It is time for the mere mortal 
theory of the week. Okay. All right. So, of course, Reese has read the books. And I'm half-blood. And you're half-blood. And I am just a mere mortal. So, for those of you who are mere mortals like myself, who have not read this series, we get to make our own theories and our own projections, which may or may not come true in the future. So, as I said earlier in the episode, the fact that Hermes is Lin-Manuel Miranda, my mere mortal theory of the week is that we are going to have an episode with singing and dancing sometime in the future because you don't bring him in and you don't utilize his skill set. So that is my mere mortal theory of the week. All right, buddy, let's close out the show. We want to thank you all so much for downloading and checking out this episode. As we said in the beginning, sharing is caring. People learn about podcasts when their friends tell them about it. So if you're going to be heading back to school after holiday break, tell a friend. Say, hey, I want you to check out the Percy Jackson Prophecy Podcast. You can also share it on social media. Um, And if you already are listening, which you are because you can hear us right now, if you could do us a favor and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review, that means the world to us. No matter which app you listen to us through, Apple Podcasts is the one that most people are able to find us through. So you can head on over there, write a written review, and it will mean the world to Reese and I. Reese, is there anything else that you would like to say to our friends? Well, thank you so much for listening in. If you guys think that you're going to have a wonderful time still, it's still going to come next. That's right. We're going to be tackling episode four. Felicity, are you excited to continue on with the Percy Jackson Prophecy Podcast? Yeah. She sure is. All right. Until next time, Half-Bloods, I'm Mary Larson. My name's Reese. And remember, hold fast and brave brave storm. storm.